Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today we go into, well, it's still COVID mania, I suppose, but we have uh, some different things that you might not have heard yet, including talking to a guy who owns a gun store in Massachusetts. It is not an essential business. Your Second Amendment rights, not so essential in Massachusetts. Uh, he's decided to keep his place open. He doesn't care. He's going forward anyway. We talked to him. Uh, we uh, talked to Thomas Massey about what's going on in Washington and how they're going to try to pass more money um, to be doled out without a vote. Uh, it's a very disturbing uh, development that is going on right now. Uh, we also have a story completely unrelated to uh, what's going on in the news of a guy who stops, uh, his car breaks down, and somebody very interesting <laughs> stops on the side of the road to fix the car. Uh, would be a very strange moment. We'll let him tell his story as well. And all the uh, updates that you need uh, from what's going on all around the world with coronavirus. We also have uh, Glenn Beck's Arguing with Socialists out now. This is launch week. Would love for you to pick it up. Uh, Get it from Amazon or you can get um, glenbeck.com to get a copy. Uh, It's a great book. Uh, It's one that you're going to be able to refer back to on any topic at any point. It's just broken up very easily with great facts to pick apart left-wing arguments that you hear all the time. You can get that right now at glenbeck.com. Arguing with Socialists. Here's the podcast. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. For the first time in uh, the history of Chicago animal shelters, they have run out of adoptable pets. People apparently have been running out to get a pet. Uh, And if they're out, I if you would like to adopt a teenager or two. I my doors are wide open, (laughs) wide open. You can come in here with wet lung and I'm fine. Adopt away. Holy cow. Wow. Things are going well, huh? Man. Wow. Okay, uh, so, you know, I feel so bad for anybody who lives in a very small house or a an apartment in New York. I'm surprised they're just not all killing each other at this point. Yeah, Um, it it is. It it is. I have a you know, I have a nice house with the backyard and everything else, but it is so confining. It is. It Mm -hmm. it just three weeks is enough. You're kind of, you know, it's like (laughs) I I, I got to get out of here. Yeah, (laughs) it is crazy. Here's the good news, though. The the good news is you only have another 18 months to go, uh, (laughs) according to Ezekiel Manuel. (laughs) Just another 18 months and then we're done with this. So don't worry about it. America would never. America. America will will not. I'll be dead. We'll all be dead in 18 months. Yeah, we would. We would. We would. And let me tell you something. There's no way that we go back. They're talking now that, you know, probably in November, we're all going to have to go back in for the winter. No way. No, no way. People are just not going to do it. They're going to be like, I don't care. I'll die. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Three Um, weeks. My kids are. I mean, it's it's enough. My kids are (laughs) out of their mind right now. I have a a teenage son, teenage son, and he is he was homeschooled. He does not like homeschooling. He needs the social stuff. He needs to be very active. Needs to be in school or a prison work chain gang or something but he just he hates it and he is he is up until like three o'clock in the morning yesterday two days ago tanya got up at five and he was up at five just watching tv 
Jeez. you know, the time before he was on the computer. I mean, we just cannot stop it. And I, I mean, we have all the computer keyboards and everything locked up in the safe at night and he'll find a, He's like MacGyver. He'll find something to do all night. And uh, it's just it's uh, it's impossible. And then when you try to do something as a family, oh, my gosh, I cannot. T- I cannot. The, it, I have nightmares of the Netflix or the Amazon page with, you know, all of the options. Mm-hmm. It's a never ending nightmare because you'll sit down and you'll say, OK, you want to watch this? And one of them will say, oh, if you're going to watch this, I, I'm going to go do this. Yep. No, 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 no. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then let's watch this. Oh, well, if you're the other one, if you're going to watch it, I'm just going to listen to my music. And they put their earpods in. It's like, oh, good God. <laughs> and, and, and they're not and they're not even close. It's like, uh, you know, one is Doctor Who and the other one is High School Musical. And <laughs> there's nothing, nothing that is is a, a bridge between those two. It's horrible. Do you just m- horrible? Must you watch TV together? I mean, like, can you just? Uh, well, I'd like to. I mean, right now, right now, in the last two days, and Tanya said to me last night, and I said, "Honey, I'm sorry, I can't help. I'm, it's the book thing, and I'm working all the time from home, and it makes it worse because I'm home and I don't have any time to do anything." And she's like, "Honey, we we got to do something." And she said, I, you know what? I think just I'm just going to just give up. And I'm like, OK, that's not an option. <laughs> but right now, we, I think maybe we have to just relax some of the st- I don't know, yeah. because they're mm-hmm. I don't see my kids. They're in other rooms with ear pods. They're, you know, whatever. And it. Uh, it oh, my gosh. You, OK, take away. Take away their music. Take away YouTube. Take away the, you know, whatever that is that they're doing. Take it away. Are you kidding me? They're almost insane as it is. Am yeah. I the only one dealing with this? No, I, no. I, th- I just think that this is the time for those sorts of piece. You know, that that leniency is is valuable here. Right. You, you, the, the, you trying I think to so, inter- too, but I could be very wrong. <laughs> I feel like like this. If, like, look, there are reasons to help with long term uh habits right to get them off of all the devices and all of that in this situation you, you know you just have to like all right well today they're just on the ipad <laughs> like, yeah, gonna, but th- but 30 days and it's a habit 30 days and it's a habit yeah i don't think it's unlimited, <laughs> we're looking at a lot more than 30 days take them out I to mean, the this pool could you got a pool have them go swimming yeah go out and go swimming little brats well i I turned on. I told Tanya, I said, let's heat the pool because it's 60 today. I said, let's heat the pool. And she said, heat the pool. Do you know that? Because I said, we're not spending money anyplace else. I know. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. You know, but you could lose your job. Yes. But the kids will be out of the house. And there's definitely this thing going on, I think, too, with uh, with just like understand, like obviously, like, you know, we're in, you know, outside in the suburbs in Texas. It's a totally different situation, as you point out, to the city and people in New York City, even it's totally different situation than people in like imagine being in a developing country where you have like 15 people in your house anyway. And you have you either Mm -hmm. go out and work or die. 
Like, there's no social distancing right. going 15 on. 15 people in your house no. and it's 250 square feet. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, that, try that. Right. Yeah. And here yeah. we are bitching India. about first world problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't get my kids in the pool or up to the movie room. <laughs> I go. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I have not. I, I because maybe because I lived in New York, I can relate to. The the they must be losing their minds. Imagine being in one of those skyscrapers or just in one of those just ratty, rat infested, cockroach infested apartment buildings in New York where you've got 500 square feet and just two children, one child. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got to be crazy, crazy bad. Yeah. Where you can't go out into the park or did you hear about well, who was the what was it in Denver where um, a father and daughter went out and they were just throwing a softball uh, back and forth to each other. The social distancing. They weren't around everybody. They weren't in a team or anything. it was just a father and daughter. They arrested the father. Yeah. Dragged him out in handcuffs. Unreal. In front of his six year old daughter. Uh, I, I, that is that's, insane. That's crazy. They, they, that's insane. I don't know what's uh, Colorado. What the hell is happening to you? That's got to it's stop. Nuts. It's I nuts. guess they're trying. They're trying to apologize. I wouldn't. I would not take that apology. I would take that to court. <laughs> I, I would take that to court. I'm getting a little surly. I got like nothing. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing but time on my hands. I don't accept your apology, you bastards. <laughs> no. <laughs> some of these. Some oh. of these restrictions, though, they're just anti-American. They're just unconstitutional. They are. And you know, finally, some people are starting to push back a little bit in idaho we've got a group of people led of course by a bundy uh ammon bundy is getting oh, getting people together in sandpoint oh. idaho and saying no we're no, not gonna not do again. this this is the best of the glenbeck program all right so we have another stimulus bill that is uh coming up and God only knows what they're putting in these things. And there's nobody doing their job in Congress or in the Senate. We have Representative Thomas Massey, who got massacred. Uh, what was it just last week uh, for standing up and saying, uh, no, you, you have to have these people come in and actually debate the bill. Uh, right now, Nancy Pelosi is passing all of these things. This is just the leadership in Congress and the leadership in Senate just doing business and railroading all of this stuff through. And it's absolutely unconstitutional. Thomas Massey, who is uh, being a watchdog of our money and our Constitution. Welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Yeah, the swamp nearly yeah. crushed me 10 days ago for insisting that Congress show up for work. And uh, they're going to try and do it again. They're trying to pass bills with nobody there. It's not constitutional. And tell me why truck drivers and nurses and grocery store workers have to go to work, but Congress doesn't. It is. It's it's obscene, Thomas. It really is obscene. I mean, I understand if they don't, you know, they're most of them are old and, you know, are, are prime candidates for getting this. So I understand that they don't want to go in, but then fine. Do it on the phone. Do it on the Internet. That's what we're all having to do. Do it on Zoom. You can do it, Congress. 
they they're not even looking for ways to do it. In fact, uh, Nancy Pelosi has said she won't call everybody back because it's just too dangerous. Glenn, we're telling millions of school children to to go to school online, and Congress can't even hold a hearing online. We, it's ridiculous. You know, and this is what I've said this time. So they're going to try and do something by UC. I don't. I don't want to get crushed again. I know I'm going to get crushed again. But what I've said is vote remotely. Enable voting remotely for Congress. If you don't want to show up for work, at least work from home. But this is about not having any accountability. And by the way, this loan program, is it appropriate to call it a loan program if you expect 100% of the loans to default? These are not, the banks are not loan originators. They're grant administrators. And it's free money. Is it when you put up a sign and say free money? Is it any surprise that you run out of three hundred billion dollars the first day? No, we'll run out of two hundred and fifty billion. You know, the White House told me when they were trying to get me to vote for this bill ten days ago. It's so big. We're making it so big so we won't have to revisit this issue until like July or August. That's what they told me. Oh, don't worry. We got plenty of money there. The Fed can leverage it. Uh, You won't have to vote on anything like this again. And here we are not even two weeks later, and they're telling us they need, well, the the Senate Republicans are saying a quarter of a trillion, and then Pelosi's saying, no, we need another quarter of a trillion. So this would be half a trillion dollars, not even two weeks after the first bill. And they don't want anybody to go on record. So what's in this bill? Thomas, do you have any idea? I know that they're now saying the Democrats are saying they won't vote unless and this this kills me unless we change our voting system in November and we allow um, uh, some sort of remote voting for every American. Yet they won't remote vote for the bill. (laughs) Yeah, they can't enable remote voting for 535 members of Congress. I don't think it's going to go well with the general public, by the way. That's a state issue. There are states that have mail-in ballots, and there are states that don't. There's no reason to nationalize this. This is something that the states handle. People need to get out their constitutions and look at them. Uh, And I will tell you something, Glenn. I see a very grim future here in a few weeks if the governors don't reverse course. The assembly lines are shutting down. People, when you see these jobless numbers, those are people who aren't going to the factories and aren't working. By the way... You know, we all like to think that the farmers are still working, and they are for the most part, but most of that food goes through a factory that has to be approved by the USDA, et cetera, before it gets to your table. Those factories are shutting down, Glenn. There were six slaughterhouses, like giant meat packers, that have have shut down. Uh, We're going to run out of food. I know that I know that uh, the farmers are now buying up. I mean, I have cattle on my ranch. Um, we're stocking up on food, uh, making sure that you have enough to, so you're not selling your cattle because there's no one to take the cattle and and process the, the meat. I think we'll have meat shortages. I think because of of lack of workers on the ground, there's lots of I talked to a farmer yesterday in North Carolina said he's ready to pull a crop up he doesn't have anybody to do it and he can't afford to pay anybody to do it because he's not sure he qualifies for the loan because he only hires people two months at a time three times a year right and the loan, what are they going to do the loan, st- the loan still isn't going to make people come to work you know you've seen pictures of dairies pouring out milk you're going to see pictures of, of cattlemen shooting their cattle and burying them 
uh, because they can't afford, they are, there's no feed to be had, and there's nobody that will process them. And meanwhile, you're going to have shortages in the supermarket. By the way, I've got a bill I introduced like five years ago to fix this called the Prime Act that would let local processors process meat, and you could sell it with inside the state, and it would, it would allow local processors to fulfill this need so that you don't have farmers killing animals so instead of putting them in the food Tom, Thomas, this is the that is the kind of thinking that we need to get on. You know, Donald Trump was made fun of because America first. But that, that is all that is, is think globally, act locally. Every hippie understands that. Yeah. Um, and all you're saying is give the local people a chance to do things without having to go through the federal government. Let the states do it the way our Constitution was built so what's the, what's the hold up on this one? Well, you know, ironically, I have the hippies in Congress have co-sponsored my bill. It's a, it's a collection of conservatives and hippies, and uh, the red tape is going to cause people to starve here in a few weeks, I'm telling you. If, if something doesn't change, it's going to get ugly, and the people who are still going to work, the productive members of society, they're going to re- when neighbors start taking stuff from other neighbors, and they're going to be able to justify it in their mind, right? They're going to look at a neighbor who's got all this food and say, you know, my kid needs to eat. That guy hoarded food. That's not fair. I'm going to take his stuff. When people start taking other people's stuff, then the, then the productive members of society are going to stay home to guard their stuff. And it's going to just grind to a halt so quickly. And we are, we are, weak. Wait. We are weeks away. You, you. You this is quite a charge. I've been talking about food shortages now for a while, but I don't predict them coming this quickly. Um, But this is quite a charge because nobody is talking about this. Where where are you getting this feeling, Thomas, that that uh, we are that close to food shortages, significant food shortages? Talking to Congressman Thomas Massey. There's there's an article out uh, yesterday that talks about six of the big giant meat processing plants. I mean, one of these handles like 1,900 right. cattle a day, shutting down. If you know because uh, the workers have the the virus and they don't have the test to know that which workers don't have it, et cetera, et cetera. There's there are articles out there, uh, and just myself being a farmer, I've got 65 cattle. And, and I can tell you the price of cattle is going down. Meanwhile, the price yeah. of beef is going up in the supermarket, and it's caused, right. it's caused because the supply chains are brittle. And we need to, get, we need to change course because by the, by the middle of this summer, if something hasn't changed, it's going to be ugly. So, Thomas, what, what should people be doing right now? They should be they should be telling their governors to turn the economy back on. They should put a mask on. They should quit listening to the the people who say that masks don't work. They should put a mask on. The employers should uh, provide masks. When you when you get to work, we need the cheap test quickly. We need to know who's got some immunity conferred to them uh, because they've had it and recovered. We need to know who's got the virus and needs to stay home instead of walking down all of the United States. We just need to we just need to ask the ones who are sick to stay home or or carrying the virus. So uh, there were some on. things. 
yesterday I was talking because, you know, I own a couple of companies and I was like, you know, I don't know why we can't open partially yada yada. And the response immediately was lawsuits, Glenn, lawsuits. If something happens, someone gets sick, even if they're not getting sick from here, but you've partially reopened things, they can sue you. And that's true. I mean, we we have to have protection as businesses that we're not going to get sued, you know, when we go back to work. That's maybe that's a place where we could step in with legislation to say as long as your employer is testing every employee and as long as they're giving you a mask, a brand new mask when you come to work, that they can't be held liable or something like that. Right. You know, yeah. there, there could be a place for legislation to get us out of this rut that that's getting deeper. All right, Thomas Massey, um, hang on the phone for just a second. I want to take a one-minute break, then I want to come back, and I want to ask you about this this voting uh, nonsense from the Democrats. What else do you know, if anything, is in this bill? And, uh, and, and again, um, what should we be doing on the national level? I think you're right. The, the state level is where we need to start, because it's where it's really out of control. But what we need to do on the national level as well. Back in just one minute, stand by. So we are looking at another 6.5 million Americans who have lost their jobs or are applying for unemployment uh, this week. We are probably right now, Thomas, at another uh, probably between 12 and 15 percent unemployment when we see the numbers in the first of May. Um, And it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. And they're still talking about four to eight weeks, uh, you know, under lock and key. The Congress says they want to give more. I've been talking to people that are losing their restaurants or losing everything, have not been able to get in line for a loan because the money is all gone. Should the government be making these loans? We shouldn't be doing it because we are encouraging the governors to keep doing what they're doing, which is to shut down the economy. They're going to end up starving people, the governors are. You're already seeing people committing suicides because they can't get medical help or they're locked down. Uh, the bill that Pelosi wants, she wants a 15% increase in SNAP, $100 billion to local governments, and $150 billion to hospitals, I think. So she, she wants to add another quarter of a trillion to this. But the problem, you know, it sounds like it's humane, and it and it, the right thing to do is to give all this money away. But it doesn't create, it doesn't make the food grow. It doesn't get the factories running. We're going to run out of things that support life on this planet. So, how do you how do you balance this? Because if I, you know, I understand that kind that that to me is critical infrastructure, farm farming, you know, slaughterhouses food processing, all of that, that's critical infrastructure. Um, but I, I wasn't the one who shut my business down. The government told me to shut it down. Doesn't the right. government have a responsibility to reimburse me for all that I lost? Three weeks ago, I was having the best year of my life. Now, I don't know if I can even open my business again. Do I, do I get anything back from the government? Don't they have a responsibility constitutionally even? That's a great point, but here's the problem. It's the governors who have shut things down, and it's the federal government who's trying to make you whole. There's no feedback loop. The governors are not suffering the mal-effects of their policy. And so we are, we are sustaining their mal-effects, and so we've put them in this 
moral hazard. So governors like Ron DeSantis, he had to fall in line like the day after this stimulus thing passed. He had no other option. Um, and so that's the problem. And, and we're just pushing these governors to keep doing it. The, if the governors had to make people whole for what they are doing, they would, they would start coming up with sensible policy instead of staying uh, stuck on stupid. So aren't there places like New York that should be shut down? That, and that is up to the governor of New York, and they, that, you know, whatever happens there, they have to sustain that in New York. Every state, every governor has got different policies. Christine Ohm has got it as a policy that's suitable for her state. The problem is the feds are proposing one policy. If there's a role for government, Glenn, I think it's in getting these masks out there, it's in getting the tests out there, it's in publishing the data, it's in tracking this disease. And I'm sorry right. about my line. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you're you're at like Chernobyl or where you are. But uh, uh, let me ask you one one question. Um, uh, talking to Congressman Thomas Massey, I cannot get an answer on the way down and I can't get an answer now on the way out. What are the tripwires? What has to happen for these states and the government to start recommending that we all go back to work? Uh, you know, the numbers are all trending in the right place. Okay, great. We don't want to come back too soon. I get it. But can you please find out what the tripwires are, Thomas? Because no one will I, give... It's all, it's all arbitrary. I asked Dr. Fauci that question a few days ago. He said it was hospital admissions when they start to flatten out. But the problem is, as soon as they start to flatten out and they ease off of this mitigation phase and, and yeah. if something flares up, they're going to shut it all back down again. All right, Thomas Massey, congressman from uh, from the great state of Kentucky and uh, one of the congressmen that actually has some balls. Thomas Massey, thanks for being on. You're listening to Glenn Beck. The best of the Glenn Beck program. The coronavirus, our update, more than just the numbers, the news that you need to know, all in just a couple of minutes, and we begin there in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so let's look at our coronavirus update. First, the numbers, total confirmed cases, we're now at 1.5 million up from 1.4, almost 100,000 added to it. Total confirmed deaths worldwide, almost at 90,000, up 7,000 yesterday. Uh, the U.S. now has almost half a million that are confirmed cases, 435,160. I can guarantee you there are a lot more than that. 14,797 deaths. That is up almost 2,000 from yesterday. Nearly 2,000 deaths in the U.S. makes this the highest death rate day so far for the pandemic in any country on Earth. U.S. has now officially tested 2 million people, just over 2 million people, 2.2, making the U.S. 44th in the rate of testing per 1 million in population. Less than 1% of the population has been tested for COVID-19. What we have found out now is that the virus spreads nearly two times faster than previously estimated. This is coming from Los Alamos, the National Laboratory. They published a study estimating the total number of other people infected 
by each SARS-CoV-2 carrier. The research found people infected during the initial outbreak in Wuhan probably passed the virus to an average of 5.7 others. That's significant. Uh, That is more than double the 2 to 2.5 other people estimated by the World Health Organization. But we can't take them at their word on anything anymore. Patients sick with the seasonal flu, by comparison, will infect about 1.3 people. If the numbers are accurate, the coronavirus pandemic could only be stopped by a widespread vaccination or built immunity for at least 82% of the population. That's according to researchers who reviewed the Chinese data from the CDC, including the mobile phone data that tracked the movement of, of patients leaving Wuhan. The WHO is facing significant criticism for downplaying the contagious nature of COVID-19 and China's role in, uh, in, in the cover-up to uh, uh that that stopped that could have stopped the the uh spread of this virus but of course uh didn't more western governments now agree the virus likely came from a chinese laboratory not from exotic food markets um i don't know if this is good news or bad news i mean it's good news that people aren't eating bat soup But it's but it's bad news that it came from a laboratory. We can add now Great Britain to the growing list of governments who are confirming that SARS COVID-2 virus likely came from the Chinese Communist Party backed viral research lab. The U.S., U.K., Israel, Canada, Australia, Taiwan, Germany have all reached similar conclusions. The virus behind COVID-19 was most likely laboratory grown. That's farther than we went last night on our special. Uh, Last night, we did a great special on uh, the Chinese Communist Party and how it's just killing the world. I want to play a little piece uh, from that special where we we went over the evidence that it was actually and confirmed by the Chinese Communist Party before the outbreak that they were doing experiments with these particular bats very close to where they said the bat soup was. Watch. In February, two researchers from the South China University of Technology published a paper that was immediately taken down. Gee, I wonder why. Let's take a look at their credentials. Their resume looks pretty darn impressive. Joint International Research, Research Laboratory, South China University of Technology, Hazong uh, University of Science and Technology, Wuhan University of Science and Technology. I mean, they're not slouches. They're not exactly a couple of Internet bloggers in their mommy's basement. Well, maybe they didn't have a big name supporter. Maybe they just went rogue. But it says here they actually had the support of the National Natural Science Foundation of China. Okay, so why did this get pulled? It's easy. Their scientific data went to counter the propaganda. It was a question the Communist Party didn't want to be asked. Their report detailed that not one single horseshoe bat was sold at the Wuhan animal market. Let me quote. According to municipal reports and the testimonies of 31 residents and 28 visitors, the bat was never a food source in the city and no bat was traded in the market. 
In fact, the bats responsible for carrying the coronavirus come from an area over 550 miles away from the animal market. So if the bats aren't from that area and there weren't any of them being sold in the market, where did the outbreak come from? Because the data, which now comes from multiple sources, isn't supporting the Wuhan animal market. The two researchers screened the area and they found two locations near the market where both were known to be studying coronavirus. One of them is only 300 yards away from the market. That's the length of three football fields. So that sounds like a good possibility. What's the location? The Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention. The same exact place the researcher was gathering up horseshoe bats in the video. That's where they worked. Now, at this point, it seems pretty obvious, but the researchers sum up their conclusions here. Quote, in summary, someone was entangled with the evolution of the 2019 COVID coronavirus. And in addition to origins of natural recombination and intermediate host, the killer corona probably originated from a laboratory in Wuhan. End quote. What's amazing about this is we showed you the video last night from the Chinese Communist Party where they have the researchers going out and collecting these bats and saying, hey, we got to be really careful. Don't get it on your skin or anything, because these are this is highly contagious. It's very, very dangerous. They were saying that and it was broadcast on uh, Chinese television by the official state television. Uh, in I think it was in November or early December. And those are the people that were in those caves, taking those bats, saying how dangerous it was. They work and brought all of that stuff back to Wuhan. Then there's the breakout. Fascinating. Uh, It seems pretty hard to refute. But right now, the Chinese are saying that it was an American military uh, that brought it over to Wuhan. And they have proof because the so-called Wuhan virus was over in South Carolina last summer. And the United States government brought it over to China. Doesn't sound like we're headed for any place nice. But we could have seen this coming Back years ago on uh, this program, we talked about epidemics. What year was this from, Stu? It's uh, 2018, uh, May 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's uh, Reed and Wilson. Uh, his book was Epidemic. We talked to him mm-hmm. just to, uh, nothing. It uh, wasn't like a big thing breaking out at the moment. Um, there was a little talk about uh, the, we were right just after the Ebola thing that, you know, there wound up being Ebola patients that came we were in, in the United States, even here in Dallas where we're broadcasting. Uh, and we, we brought him on to kind of talk about what uh, what the next threats could be. Uh, listen to this clip with uh, with uh, today's context. So e- Ebola, you know, I think we're we're sitting here and there's really kind of two schools or two camps, one that roll their eyes and like, OK, well, it, it, everybody always panics and it, it's always fine. And the other side that is like. We're ripe for a pandemic. We're all going to die. Where, where is, where are we? Which side is, is more accurate? 
Well, I think the we're ripe for a pandemic is probably correct, although I don't I don't think we're all going to die um, there. But there are definitely reasons to be concerned about the state of the global public health system. It is not adequately uh, prepared to deal with a pandemic, whether it's something that comes out of, you know, the Congo River Basin like Ebola or whether it comes out of a, you know, a bird market in China, like uh, like a, a new flu or something like that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, or right. have like a bird market in it, China. Yeah, well, it could be anything. A new flu, something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It's All right. Really bizarre to listen back to that. He, he also went on to talk about um, uh, one of the things that was that worked really well during the Ebola situation was it, you know, if, as well as an Ebola situation can break out or can, can work out, um, is that it, it ex- expanded in areas where we were well received. Americans could go in and help, right, and try to fight it. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to this clip about that situation. The United States effectively created Liberia back in the 1800s as a, a refuge for slaves, former slaves who were returned uh, back to Africa. And the the, the big the big moment when 3,000 American troops arrived, you know, the U.S. favorability rating in Liberia is like 99%. It was seen as this blessed moment when uh, the the great savior had come and and really was going to help turn the tide on this virus. Imagine what happens if this virus pops up in Pakistan or Indonesia or or China, even a place you know no, a place where the 101st Airborne would have to fight its way in before it got to fight the virus. I mean, in the context of you talking about this, the lab and how they hid all these results, this is exactly what he was talking about, right? There was no way for anyone else to penetrate that society to find out what the hell was actually going on. So the rest of the world uh, became completely unprepared and did not deal with it. And honestly, like this, you notice this, the countries that did deal with it well, uh, like a South Korea, for example, Taiwan, are the countries that trust China the least Right. They were they doubted them so strongly so early that they knew this was going to be bad and they prepared and went crazy at the very, very beginning. Um, And they shut everything down and they were tested. They they didn't shut everything down. And some of these they caught it early enough to be able to do the whole test and track thing. Um, Not all that could be done here, of course, but it's interesting to see that because it's exactly what he was talking about when the United States couldn't, you know, be involved like we were in a place like Liberia. We this thing blew out of uh, out of control really fast. But we we thought we were involved because we had the WHO. Yep. And we pay the WHO far more than any other country uh, for its, you know, for its salary. And so we thought that we would be able to trust them. And a lot of them are Americans, et cetera, et cetera. We couldn't trust them. They were deeply embedded with the Chinese government and they were lying to us and lying to the rest of the world. That's that's the real problem here was we had really dishonest brokers. I don't know if you saw um, our secretary of state uh, speak yesterday, but he was questioned about how is our relationship with China? And, uh, you know, are we getting good information? And, you know, how are we dealing with the, the fact that they appear to not have been telling us the truth? His answer was fascinating. He said, this isn't the time. Look, look, this is not the time uh, to be talking about retribution. This is the time just to get uh, past this and just to get accurate information. And I thought to myself, boy, he didn't ask about retribution. Now, did you mean recriminations? 
or was this a Freudian slip? What what where did you come up with the word retribution? Um, because I think there is going to be some retribution here. Uh, I think China is not going to be allowed to uh, uh, use this uh, for positioning, uh, use this to become even more powerful. I mean, what they're doing to France right now by saying, yeah, sure, we'll help you. But you have to take our 5G network. I think that's going to backfire on China, uh, seeing that this came from China itself. 